Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I am your host, George McNair, and it is really good to be back with you as always, guys. Uh, and we are exiting the All-Star break, and today we're actually going to have baseball games. That is uh, very exciting to be back into the swing of things as we enter the second half of the baseball season. Uh, as it stands right now, as you guys know, the Braves have a big lead in the National League East. They have the best record in baseball. They stand at 60 wins and 29 losses with 73 games to go in the regular season. Uh, it is hard to imagine uh, anybody catching the Braves. Of course, we don't want to be too overconfident. Crazier things have happened. Um, and of course, it really isn't just about winning the National League East uh, at this point. Uh, us Braves fans have the expectation of vying for a World Series, especially with uh, the kind of team that Alex Anthopoulos has built this season. Uh, so, you know, what is the key? The key to this, to winning it all, right, is not just winning the National League East, though that is a nice part of it. Uh, but the key to winning it all, as we saw in 2021, is going into the postseason healthy and playing well, playing with uh, um, some momentum, some team confidence, you know, everything basically clicking in the right way offensively, especially as you enter the postseason. We saw the opposite of that last postseason. Uh, the pitching staff was a shell of itself as Max Fried was dealing with that really badly timed flu. And of course, Spencer Strider was coming off basically a month of injury and just wasn't quite himself in those game in that game against the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies, of course, unfortunately beating the Braves last postseason. But we know that 2021 was the opposite of that. A team that only won 88 games, uh, this team is going to blow by that. But that team came into the postseason uh, basically as the best team in baseball after uh, the All-Star break and definitely after the trade deadline where they were able to add all of those outfielders that played a huge role in uh, what they were going to be. You know, that season is a reminder that a team can really um, change itself in some really big and important ways at the trade deadline, especially when your GM gets some real uh, game changer type players. And uh, and we certainly saw that in 2021. So um, the, the needs are not as great this season uh, for the Braves, but uh, doesn't mean that they can't get some really high impact players to help them do what they want to do, and that is win a World Series this this season. Um, that being said, you know I want to look at just very briefly uh, what the what the Braves could do in the regular season. They are currently on pace to win 109 games, uh, which is pretty remarkable in and of itself. That would be the most games any team has won in in a while. Uh, you remember, I think it was in 2021 that the the Giants won. 107 games, um, and that's also a reminder that winning a, a bunch of games in the regular season doesn't guarantee anything. Of course, they were bounced that year by the Dodgers. Uh, but yeah, on pace for 109 games, and that is, for the most part, without Max Freed. Um, and of course, we hope that he is coming back soon. He is in the process of going through rehab assignments, and hopefully by uh, the beginnings of August, he will be back on the mound at Truist Park. Um, so 109 wins, that is the pace. you know. And, and here's what I would say in terms of predicting how many wins this team could 
um, could do this season. 109 does seem like the high end. I mean, just, you know, June and the, the first part of July was so good for the Braves. It's hard to imagine they're going to stay on that kind of pace, though, of course, they're capable of doing that. So I do think 109 would probably be at the top end of what the Braves might do this season. The low end to me feels like maybe 98 games, and that's very low end. That's close to a 500 pace the rest of the way. Um, and even with 98 wins, I don't foresee anybody in the National League East being able to, to chase down the Braves. I think there would have to be several injuries going on for the Braves to slip to those levels. Uh, so for me, uh, in terms of predicting wins and losses for the Braves, I think 107 wins feels about right. That's, again, about where the Giants uh, finished two years ago. Uh, it's, it's hard to go beyond that. The Braves could do that. They could dominate the, the whole rest of the way, and that would be really fun to see as well. Uh, but, you know, you also have that, um, that piece of if you do clinch early, if the Braves were to uh, clinch, you know, let's say early September, um, then, you know, maybe you start resting guys or maybe you let off the gas a little bit. I don't love that scenario, honestly. I, I don't know that they would do that. I think they would just continue to play through, want to get that top seed and, and all the things that, uh, you know, benefit you with that. Uh, but 107 wins to me sounds legitimate. Um, it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, but that's literally the level that this team is playing at right now. So um, it would be really cool to see that. All right, well, what I want to do for the rest of this podcast episode is dive into the trade deadline specific to the Braves and some some places they could go um, to improve what is already a really good team. Uh, before I dive into that, I want to very briefly uh, cover who the likely sellers are in this trade market in this offseason. Of course, what complicates the trade deadline now is with the expanded playoffs, the added um, the added spot in the American and National League. Now that you get six teams into the playoffs, it means that fewer teams are very clear sellers, especially at this point. And it means that you know the trade market is very fluid. You don't have many definite sellers right now. Uh, you have quite a few teams that are in that period of wait and see. Let's see, you know, in these next ten days or so how we play coming out of the All-Star break, and that might determine what we do. Uh, so that being said, I've divided uh, these teams into three different groups, the, the definite sellers, the likely sellers, and the possible sellers. And the possible sellers really are the ones that fit into that space of if they have a good 10 games, uh, they, they might hold out and, and try to go for it. And if they have a bad 10 games, they're probably selling. All right, so the definite sellers to me are the Nationals, the Rockies, White Sox, Royals, and Oakland A's. Um, none of those teams are very good. They've all had disappointing seasons or maybe seasons you would expect, but bad nonetheless. Um, the likely sellers are the Cardinals, Pirates, Tigers, and Angels. Uh, believe it or not, you know, if the, if the Cardinals came out as bad of a season they, as they've had, if they came out 8-2 and two in their next 10 games, I could see them holding off. But their GM has come out and basically said, you know, we're we're planning more for next year than we are this year. So 
they are still likely. The Pirates had a nice run in the early parts of the season, but they've they've dropped off some. Uh, the Angels, you guys know, even with Otani uh, and Trout, now that Trout has gone down with injury, they also lost quite a few games moving into the tra- or into the All Star break. Uh, it looks like they're probably going to be sellers, and of course, the elephant in the room there is Shohei Otani, and will they sell? Uh, will they trade him or not? I'll get into that. In a little bit, in regards to the Braves, we can all dream of what that would be like of Otani in a Braves uniform. But every fan base is dreaming of that, guys. So um, as awesome as it would be, uh, temper your expectations there. All right, and then finally, the the group, the grouping of teams that are possible sellers uh, but are not sure sellers at this point. The Mets, Cubs, Padres, Guardians. Red Sox and Mariners. You can maybe throw in a couple more teams if they really tanked here in the next few days. Um, but those are the teams that I am particularly looking at. So my take in terms of the Braves, I just wanted to make one point uh, regarding two separate prospects for the Braves, uh, A.J. smith Shaver and Vaughn Grissom. Now, this is just me, but I would not give up A.J. smith Shaver at all. You know, he's... Uh, he hasn't had too many starts at the big league level, but what he's shown is his stuff is real. Um, he's obviously had this meteoric rise through the Braves farm system at 20 years old. Uh, he's made several big league starts. Now he's at AAA, uh, knocking on the door, probably, um, if not sometime this year, then next year. So I, I would not give him up um, really at all. I mean, I guess you never say never if there was a really, really special trade you could make. Uh, but he generally would not be on the market for me. Vaughn Grissom, um, and you guys know I really like Vaughn Grissom. Um, I would give him up in the right move. Um, that ha- you, you have to be willing to give up your good prospects for good players. But I would not give up Grissom for any kind of rental reliever. And I would hate that. Um, even a really, really good one, and I, I'll mention there are a few on the market potentially, uh, but I would not give up Von Grissom for a rental reliever at all. Um, it just wouldn't make any sense to me. And honestly, I would be pretty shy to give him up for any kind of rental player, uh, though if it's a high-impact guy, then then maybe. But there aren't many of those that I think the Braves would be looking at anyways. So one, two, maybe three guys on the market uh, would you potentially give up Von Grissom for, uh, and that would be that would be it. Uh, I think, by the way, you know the Braves probably have Von Grissom still in their plans. You know, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, it's it's hard to think about next year when you're having such a great year this year. Uh, but I am wondering the long term uh, of left field with Eddie Rosario. You know he's he's had a really good um, run of about a month and a half. How will his season go in the in the second half of the year i think that really might determine what they do in the left field for 2024 and von grissom ultimately uh, this might not be a shock to many of you you know the braves might be looking at him in other places um other than shortstop uh second base obviously is locked up with ozzy albies but i do think the braves really like grissom i think they like the player they like the person um and they like the bat and the bat plays um, wherever you put it. So I could see the Braves, um, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I could see the Braves 
uh, declining Rosario's option uh, for next year if he cools off in the second half um, and then maybe filling him filling him in with uh, with Vaughn Grissom, filling that spot with Vaughn Grissom. So uh, obviously a lot will have to happen for that to happen, but Grissom has continued to hit at AAA. I think his trade value has diminished a little bit because it's probably proven out that he's not going to play shortstop at the big league level. So even clubs that would want to trade for him, um, you know, they need a, an open spot at maybe first or sorry, second base or left field. So, all right. That being said, let's go into um, the Braves needs and some guys that I think they will potentially check in on uh, and maybe go after in this trade uh, trade season. So number one is the bullpen. I don't know if you guys saw very recently that the Braves had to move Nick Anderson to the 60-day injured list. That is ret retroactive by about five or ten days. Uh, so he will be potentially available uh, near the end of the season, but Nick Anderson obviously has been a big part of the Braves' bullpen success this year. He's been pretty solid, um, and he goes down with shoulder soreness. That's not good. I mean, that might mean it's simply sore, um, and they're trying to get him ready for the stretch run, or, of course, with a shoulder, it could mean something a lot worse. So we um, we know that with um, with Kyle Wright. So. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that, but it certainly creates a hole right now for the bullpen. The Braves activated Lewis Litke, which I was really surprised about. You know, he has been atrocious in his few uh, appearances at the big league level this year. So that, to me, just screams, you know, stopgap um, until uh, something else is available. And, and maybe that something else would be a trade for a reliever. Um, okay, so... Number two need, I would say, would be a starter uh, in the rotation. This guy would be, you know, starter depth. Now, that being said, I don't think the Braves would make a move for a fifth starter or some guy that's just a filler. I think if they were to make an acquisition, it would probably be for someone you would consider potentially as a, a top three starter in the rotation, a guy you could foresee starting a, a playoff game if you need them to. A guy that if, you know, Freed or Strider or Elder or whoever you would consider a top three pitcher for the Braves, if someone were to go down with injury for the year, uh, this type of pitcher could fill in and be, you know, near the top of the rotation, you know, top three type of starter. Uh, there aren't a ton of aces out there on the market, but there are several guys that I think you would legitimately say could be in the middle of your rotation and be pretty good. Uh, so we'll go into some of those options. Uh, my number three need for the Braves would be bench depth. I don't think this is a huge need, but I think probably middle infield backup guy would be um, would be a good thing for the Braves to go get. They've they've had Charlie Culbertson on the bench, and he's literally gotten zero playing time. Um, of course, they had Eric Adrianza in there for a while, and then he was put on the um, the long term injured list. I uh, don't know what his status is, but even with those two, I think you could find an upgrade. Um, and obviously, if an infielder were to go down right now, you really don't have many internal options at all in your system to to just go to. So I do think this makes a lot of sense as well. And then um, my fourth 
need, which I wouldn't really necessarily consider it a need, but something you definitely want to kick the tires on is, are there any options to uh, upgrade any position players? And I think that would be unlikely. You know, the Braves have such a good thing going chemistry wise and obviously on the field offensively. Um, why, why mess up a good thing? Um, but we'll go into each of those options. All right, so let's go back to my number one, and that is the bullpen. Um, I'm going to list off for you guys several options I think the Braves could go explore. My number one guy, I'm not necessarily listing these in um, order of favorite, but I do like this guy. The first guy is Scott Barlow. Uh, his name is being thrown around a lot. The Royals are having a terrible season. He is their closer. Uh, he's not actually having the greatest season um, of his career. He's around a four ERA, but historically he's more about he's more really about a three ERA guy. Very good, very good reliever for several years. He has a good track record, and it's not a rental. He would be a free agent after the 2024 season. So this would really bolster the Braves' uh, bullpen for two seasons, and with a very, very good. Uh, right-handed pitcher that you could put in the back end of the bullpen along with Iglesias and Mentor. Uh, he would probably take something like a Schuster plus Victor Vodnik. I'm trying to give you guys some idea of what you know these guys will cost. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that my um, you know my trade suggestions would actually be legitimate. Um, I am using the trade simulator, but you know those those values don't get updated um, every day. And of course, uh, if you have multiple teams knocking on your door for a, a Scott Barlow, there might be a team that gives you a lot better um, options than that. So that that um, that trade might be very different. But anyways, that that's the idea. Um, all right, the next guy is Jordan Hicks. This is a younger reliever with the Cardinals. He would be a pure rental. He'd be a free agent after this season. He probably would not be as um, as expensive uh, as Scott Barlow. Um, he's been kind of up and down in his career. This guy, you might remember him when the Braves have played the Cardinals. He has crazy good stuff. I mean, he can throw 102 miles an hour, uh, but he has been kind of inconsistent. He's been pretty good lately. Uh, so I think a, a Dylan Dodd or a Jared Schuster uh, would would probably get Hicks as a rental reliever. All right, the next guy, Josh Hader. Now he's of course uh, maybe the most dominant reliever in baseball. He would be a huge addition to anybody's bullpen. But he's with the Padres, and the Padres are in this weird position. Uh, similar to the Mets, where they've spent a ton of money invested into this season. You don't want to pull the plug on that unless you absolutely have to, and unless it's really, really obvious that you're not going to make the playoffs this year. So the Padres, I think, are around five games under 500. Um, if they were to make uh, a decent run here in the next couple weeks before the deadline, they probably are not trading anybody. But again, Hater, he is a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, if they want to try to get something for him, uh, they might explore that trade. You know, the thing is, even with a great reliever like Hader, um, when he's a rental, he's not going to bring you a ton back in a trade. So I don't know how beneficial it's going to be for them to trade Hader. Uh, but maybe if they were to get a good enough offer, uh, they would let him go. 
Uh, I'm saying what it would take to get Hader would probably be something like Vaughn Grissom or uh, two decent prospects. Uh, I, that on paper is actually an overpay, and I wouldn't be super uh, keen on letting Grissom go again. Even even for Hader, he's a rental reliever. Um, so I, I don't know that I would do that. Um, I might give away two other decent prospects, you know, mid, mid-level prospects for the, from the Braves, but, um, that is Hater, And again, no guarantee that he's even going to be available. Uh, the next guy would be Hunter Harvey. He's with the nationals. Uh, he's been pretty good throughout his career around a three ERA, uh, some injuries back and forth, but he's had a, a solid year this year. He's controllable through 2025. Jason Foley with the Tigers is having a career year. He's the most expensive guy because he's having a very good year on a two ERA and he's controllable through 2027. So um, I doubt the Braves would go out and get him just because of the cost. Um, I mean, you would be talking about like Vaughn Grissom plus maybe two or three other prospects. He's, he's pretty expensive uh, because of that. Uh, those years of control. He was a part of that recent um, combined no-hitter that the Tigers threw. So, um, all right. And then the last guy I would, um, you know, just mention is Jose Cisnero. He's also with the Tigers. He is a pure rental piece. He would be pretty cheap. Uh, he's uh, he's around a mid-three ERA right now. Um, and an older guy. I think he's in his early 30s. So he's he's been up and down good and kind of average throughout his career, but he's having a pretty good season this year. So he wouldn't really feel in the back end of the rotation. Uh, I don't think, but you know, mid, mid rotation or not rotation, sorry, uh, bullpen, but mid rotation, mid bullpen piece. Sorry guys, as I trip over myself. Uh, but Jose Cisnero is maybe another name to look out for. All right. Um, so those are, those are some bullpen guys that are possibilities for the Braves. There are other names out there that I skipped over, but um, certainly you can imagine how many bullpen arms potentially could be available during the trade deadline season. Uh, we know that Alex Anthopoulos has been pretty good over the years at picking up one or two bullpen guys at the deadline. All right, so again, my second need for the Braves is starter depth. And again, I'm really focusing on guys who might be considered mid-rotation guys if they were to come in with the Braves. The first guy is Lucas Giolito. He's on the top of the list for MLB trade rumors as far as a guy who's going to be traded. Uh, of course, the problem with that is uh, you might have several teams vying for this guy that could you know, shoot the asking price up. He is a pure rental, uh, so he's not going to be crazy expensive for that purpose, for, for that reason. Um, and based off of his trade value, I would say Schuster, uh, Braden Shoemake, and Darius Vines might get him. Uh, again, if you are, um, uh, if you have another team swooping in, uh, offering something more than maybe you'd have to up that offer. Uh, but Giolito has been pretty solid, you know, high threes in the ERA, but he has good stuff. Uh, he can give you games where he shuts shuts people down totally, and then he can give you some bad ones. So a little inconsistent, but um, a pretty talented pitcher. Uh, the second guy, Jordan Montgomery, he's with the Cardinals. He's also a pure rental, and probably a, a similar package for Giolito would get Montgomery. 
Uh, he's a lefty. You might remember that he was having a great season with the Yankees and then got traded to the Cardinals last year. He's continued to be really good. So um, he's not a guy. I think he flies under the radar a little bit because he doesn't have dominant strikeout stuff, but he's just been a very solid um, starting pitcher for a number of years now. Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali, both with the Guardians. These guys I'm going to mention, but I number one, the Guardians are – I think maybe just a game out of first place right now. Uh, they're in that really bad AL Central in which, um, you know, no one seems to want to win that <laughs> that division, really, probably the worst division in baseball. Uh, but they could win the, their division. Um, and both of these guys are signed beyond this year. So they would be more expensive than a Montgomery or a Giolito. Uh, Bieber is a former uh, Cy Young winner. He hasn't been quite that good over the last couple of years. Uh, but, you know, either of these guys would be great to add. I just think they're going to be a little too expensive. So, for instance, to get Shane, B Shane Bieber, it would probably take Von Grissom, Schuster, and Owen Murphy. And I, I wouldn't do that. Um, but on paper, that's what it takes. So um, I, I would be uncomfortable with that. It would be a similar package to get Savali. He's actually controllable through 2025. That's why he's a little more expensive. But both these guys are solid starting pitchers. Would give you a good start um, probably in the playoffs. But I, I just don't know if I would do that. Of these four guys, I probably like Jordan Montgomery the most. Um, I like adding another lefty to the rotation. And again, he's just a little more consistently solid. Uh, with the offense that the Braves have, again, you know, you give me six innings and give up two runs, that is probably all the Braves need to win that game or any game. All right, the third need that I'd say for the Braves is bench depth. And really, I think middle infield is the only need that they have. Uh, obviously, Kevin Pillar has provided a um, great amount of backup when he's in there. Uh, he doesn't play that much, but when a lefty's on the mound, he gives you a little bit more offensively and defensively and then of course otherwise everybody across the board has been pretty good but if uh if a an infielder were to go down the braves are definitely weak uh with backup infielders so um i'm, I'm giving you three names uh the first is paul de young he is a shortstop with the cardinals uh, this guy is kind of interesting he is uh, he's a veteran, but he had some all-star caliber years early in his career. He has huge power. He's a solid defensive shortstop, uh, even though he's getting older. Uh, but his 2021 and 2022 seasons were terrible. In fact, he went all the way back down to the minor leagues to figure some things out. He's had a bounce back year this year. Um, he's never going to be a high average guy, but again, he has real power and the Braves like that. The only thing with him is a little bit of cost. Uh, he has a $12.5 million team option next year uh, with a $2 million buyout. So there's a little more cost to him, and he's, he's making about that this season as well. Uh, but with that higher price tag, uh, there's very little cost to actually acquire him, I think. So he's, I think he's very gettable, um, and he would definitely be an upgrade as a backup compared to what the Braves have right now could play all over the infield for you. Uh, the second guy is Ahmed Rosario. This is a guy when the Braves were 
well, I don't think they were kicking tires on anybody actually this all season, but you know, there were some people trying to figure out what the Braves might do at shortstop before we knew what kind of season Orlando RC would have. And Ahmed Rosario's name came up a lot. He is with the Guardians, so again, not sure that they would trade him away, though he's less impactful to them, I think, uh, than those two pitchers that I already mentioned. He is a pure rental. Uh, he's not making all that much money, and it probably wouldn't take a ton to get him. Maybe like a Braden Shoemake and Darius Vines combo would get Ahmed Rosario. Um, he's not a very good defensive shortstop, uh, and he doesn't have a ton of power, but he's a good overall hitter, and he does have some utility value he can play pretty much all over the diamond all right my third guy is a little bit of a wild card Luis Urias uh, Urias is uh, with the Brewers who are not in my grouping of teams that are are sellers um, and yet this guy has had a really bad offensive season but he is a terrific defensive player uh, the Brewers sent him down to AAA recently so I think he might be a guy who you could get uh, if they're willing to send him down to AAA. Maybe he's not in their immediate plans. He is controllable through 2025. Um, and again, because of his offensive struggles, he's not going to be super expensive. Maybe just like a Victor Vodnik or, you know, a lower level uh, minor leaguer could get Urias. So um, what he would bring you is next level defensive value as a backup. You know, somewhere to go down again, he's not giving you much offensively, but he's locking it down defensively, probably at a level that, um, compared to you know, someone they don't have. Now, that being said, um, you know, Shoemaker is, is a really good defensive shortstop that the Braves have at AAA, so maybe they would just go with Shoemaker in that, in that kind of scenario, uh, compared to picking up an Urias. But that was just kind of an outside the box thought that I had. One other guy that um, I just wanted to mention, and this is something if there were to be an injury in the outfield between now and the trade deadline, and gosh, I hope that doesn't happen, but I could see the Braves kicking the tires on Cody Bellinger. Again, he's with the Cubs. He's had a nice little bounce back season. Uh, you know, he's, he's having the best offensive season he's had since his offensive struggle started uh, a couple years ago, and he's a guy that is a very good defensive center fielder and strangely enough can even play first base if you need him to. Um, and again, he wouldn't be very expensive like a Braden Shoemake or somebody like that could probably get Cody Bellinger um, if you really wanted to or if you needed to. Again, I'm, I don't think they're going to target outfield unless an injury happens between now and the deadline, but I just wanted to throw out his name as an interesting thought. All right, the last um, last area for the Braves, position player upgrades. The only guy that I could foresee the Braves doing that with would be a very special guy named Shohei Otani. And, of course, Otani would not only give you um, a tremendous offensive value at DH, but he's also going to give you tremendous value uh, in the rotation. So, Otani is, you know, a really interesting name. It is still unclear if the Angels will trade him, though I do think um, events have transpired that makes it way more likely that they would trade him. Um, you know, if Trout were still healthy, if they were playing as a team a little better, then I don't think he's going anywhere. But now 
if they want to get something for them, this is when you trade them. Um, so rem just a reminder, Otani is a rental player. He is a free agent after this season. Uh, very, very unlikely that you would do a, a trade and extension with Otani. I mean, he would have to just be out of his mind, a very, very different guy to ever explore that kind of a thing, even with the Braves. So that being said, you just have to put that into perspective. Now, I am giving you two different trade um, packages here, so you can take which one you like better. My first trade package would be Kyle Wright, Vaughn Grissom, Jared Schuster, and Owen Murphy. Obviously, Wright is a little interesting because of the recent shoulder injuries. A team would have to be really comfortable that he would be overcoming those. It does impact his value a little bit, um, but obviously at his best, um, he is a number two or number three starter in the big leagues. Uh, so I think any team would be interested in that, and he's controllable. Uh, Von Grissom, obviously we know him, and then Owen Murphy, even though very young, he's one of the Braves' top pitching prospects. And then you throw in Schuster, who could be a back-end rotation guy for the Angels if needed. All right, my second uh, my second package is much simpler. It would be Bryce Elder and Vaughn Grissom. Uh, Bryce Elder, you obviously would be selling high on. You would be giving up an all-star pitcher, but you would be getting back an all-star pitcher in Shohei Otani, and you would also be adding Otani to the lineup as well. Um, you lose Grissom in either one of these um, scenarios. Of course, there's other packages you could create. You could uh, include A.J. smith Shaver. I really don't want to do that. Um, but Otani, is he gettable if the Angels open this up? Yes. But then, of course, the other part of that is you're going to have um, a lot of teams uh, vying for Otani, and probably um, that price tag is going to go up and up. I do have one other question is what do you do with Marcel Ozuna if you were to acquire Otani? Uh, could you include him in this trade package? Just tag him on, um, maybe even send money back to the Angels. I, maybe, I know the Braves don't like to do that. Um, it would seem like Ozuna would just totally lose his playing time if you acquired Otani. So, um, that would be an, another piece where with Ozuna hitting so well, um, obviously Otani's on, on a, a different stratosphere than Ozuna, but uh, it makes maybe a slightly less sense to get Otani. Um, but again, you would be improving your team so much by doing that. Um, and I'm sure the Braves would love to sign Otani long-term. Um, that's an understatement, but it's uh, probably unlikely that they would ever be able to sign him unless he just really wants to win and wants to be a part of that Braves culture and, um, you know, would give them a, a pretty big discount. I, he might be that kind of guy, by the way, but I'm not going to count on that. It's hard to count on something like that. So who should the Braves target in this trade deadline season? Of course, I would love, love, love Shohei Otani, but guys, I'm not losing sleep over Otani. I think it's just incredibly unlikely that he would land with the Braves. Um, but strange, have stranger things happened? I feel like in life, stranger things have happened. So we'll, we'll look out on that. And of course, just across baseball, it will be very intriguing to see what happens with him. 
Um, beyond Otani, who should the Braves target? I like um, either Barlow or Hayter. Um, it would be probably a little much to say you could go get both. But Barlow and Hayter are probably the two best reliever options out there. So one of those guys and Jordan Montgomery, to me, is, is the best uh, pitching fit. And if you're getting Montgomery from the Cardinals, maybe you could include DeYoung in that deal um, and improve uh, your, your backup um, infield situation there as well. So, you know, it's for the Braves. Look, guys, do we have a ton of needs? No. I mean, this is a, this is a year in which uh, we came in with an incredibly well-crafted team. You give Alex Anthopoulos a ton of credit on that. Um, and unless there's injury leading up to the trade deadline, I don't think a lot of offensive pieces are going to be necessary. Um, so, all right, guys. Well, that is the rundown of, um, you know, kind of the preview of the trade deadline for the Braves. Trade deadline season is always fun. It's always kind of exciting and interesting across all of baseball. Um, and it will certainly be interesting for the Braves as well. This second half, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. And, um, and obviously the Braves have uh, a lot of opportunity to go out and dominate baseball uh, for the second half of the season and, um, and win this NL East and hopefully the World Series. So, all right, all right, guys. Well, that is it for me. This episode of State of the Braves, I appreciate you listening. Don't forget, you can follow me on um, YouTube, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and you can also uh, follow me on Twitter as well. All right, guys. Well, I will talk to you soon.